0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: An uneventful trade deadline for your Cleveland Browns. It did include one move, probably one you very much didn't expect. I'm here joined by Andrew Spade. We're going to go through all of the information around the NFL, what the Browns did, why they did it. And then some reasoning or thought behind the messaging of the decisions today and why they maybe didn't make a move or two you were expecting. All that and more on the latest OBR Film Breakdown. Right, everybody, welcome into today's show. This is going to be a trade deadline special on your Wednesday. Uh, We will get to your mailbag questions on tomorrow's episode. A little bit of a, a switch going to happen there. And then try to get with Jordan Zerm as well for your regularly scheduled setup. But we want to spend time talking about the trade deadline because the Browns were active in a way we didn't expect. Inactive in ways we perhaps might have thought would happen but kind of hoped wouldn't happen. It was a busy day in general. I mean, here are all the trades. Adam Schefter put out a tweet covering all this chase young off to San Francisco. Uh, he goes for a third Montez sweat goes to Chicago for a second. Those are your two deals that happen um, for uh, the commanders, which is obviously closely connected to Cleveland because of Jacoby Brissett. We'll talk about that in just a moment, Leonard Williams. So some of these didn't happen right up against the clock, but these are all the moves that were made. Leonard Williams goes from New York to Seattle, Kevin Byard. Uh, the safety goes from Tennessee over to Philadelphia Ezra Cleveland, an offensive line move going from Minnesota to Jacksonville. Josh Dobbs and a quarterback move. The only quarterback move here at the trade deadline goes over to Minnesota. The Browns ship off Donovan Peoples-Jones to Detroit. We'll talk about that, obviously, in just a moment. Rasul Douglas goes from Green Bay over to Buffalo. Contavious Street goes to Atlanta. Nicole Hardman goes from the Jets to KC. Randy Gregory Some of these, again, are a little bit older now, but this is all the movement that we saw in trade action. Randy Gregory went over from Denver to San Francisco. J.C. Jackson, Chargers to New England. Chase Claypool ended up being one of the worst trades ever, going from the awful Chicago structure of that trade over to Miami. Van Jefferson to Atlanta from L.A., and then Cam Akers also from L.A. to Minnesota. So you did see quite a bit of moves. Now, the trade deadline itself here had about six, seven moves, Andrew. It was moving relatively well it's kind of exciting i think this is getting to be more staple of the nfl would you agree with that
2: yeah i saw some people kind of complaining that it wasn't as interesting and i don't get that because that's that's plenty of moves for a for a, a random tuesday you know in, in october right like i mean that, that chase young move to the 49ers i think reshapes the balance of power in the nfc uh west but then also the nfc in general in general just mm-hmm. I, I think people are kind of people seem to be downplaying like the quality of players, that chase young and Montez sweat are maybe because they're on the commanders, I guess. I, I don't know if people just don't, you know, to, to, steal a quote from Charles Barkley, aren't familiar with their game. Right. But like, um, th- those guys are, re- you know, legitimate players. I, I know obviously the bears move is more about the future, uh, than this season, but for the 49ers, a third for chase young is a real statement of intent all in wise, you know, and I, I guess we'll see if they resign him, but, regardless it's it really puts them defensively they were starting to look a little bit vulnerable up front with some of the uh against some run games the last few weeks and so this kind of shores that up so yeah I would agree with you that it is becoming a thing and what I what I see really is that you've got a handful of teams that feel like they're you know in competition to win a title that can justify a really aggressive move and then you have you know like what the bears did which is kind of a, it's kind of like the Ridley trade last year for the jaguars where it's less about this year and more about next year.
1: So the question is the browns are sellers at the deadline. We'll talk about actually we'll start with this. So they trade Donovan Peoples Jones off for 2025 6th. Okay. I don't yeah. really understand the thought process here from from both people justifying the deal and really the brown side of things. So you can maybe talk me off the ledger a little bit Andrew. I think it's the ultimate sell low moment for the last 3 years of Donovan Peoples Jones, right? you're selling at his worst eight catch 97 mark through eight games where he's run a lot of routes and a bad offense for bad quarterbacks. And I understand the thought process that you're not going to keep him around next year. Trust me. I law, lo- I look at this team as much as anybody. I understand why they drafted Cedric Tillman, the flexibility he could provide to replace certain people, including Amari Cooper. If things would have went off the rails in any way, shape or form. But for me, I think that there's value to still keeping Donovan here and playing throughout the contract, maybe try to angle for a comp pick. Like I just don't I don't see this great urgency to ship this player off in the message it sends to your team, the only deal you make is to move a player who'd been a consistent starter for you and an, a trending upward player for two straight years before this year. And yeah, you can be excited about getting hey, they he was, you know, productive for three and a half years. And then they got something back for him equivalent to what they got him. And Hey, like that's exciting. I guess maybe they could draft another sixth round pick. who can be just good enough to get a sixth round pick back in return. Like I, I don't at first it, two things. It doesn't move the needle for me to be excited about that outcome, Andrew yeah. in any way, shape or form, because of the, ultimately you needed him to be productive, a part of your offense in a way that mattered. And like, that being the outcome, and then saying a sixth round pick is a great return, that doesn't really no. jive for me in a way that yeah. like you expected Donovan to still have a meaningful role and meaningful reps in production. You're not getting that, and then you ship him off. So two things to me again, it's the disappointment at the sell low opportunity here for for Donovan, and then the second is the messaging man. Like the only deal you make at the deadline is to move off of somebody. You're all in. You're spending all this money. You're moving off of a player. That's all you did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the argument for it essentially is that they knew he wasn't going to be involved. They want to see Cedric Tillman more, so they feel like they can, you know, it, to get something for a player that that was maybe likely even not going to play as much down the second half of the season. Uh, the problem that I have with it, Jake, is is kind of the same problem that I have with the lack of movement at the quarterback position, which is, you know, this impacts your depth. And when you're talking to me, when you're talking about the, the future value of draft picks uh, you know, I mean, we typically you discount them around for every year into the future. They are right. So a, a 2025 sixth is the value of a 2024 seventh. So in, in real terms, you're trading him for a seventh round pick in terms of value. I think it's worth a seventh round pick in terms of value to have another wide receiver that you trust to play meaningful snaps in the second half of the season, when you've got Amari Cooper, a player who has traditionally been quite injured in his career uh, as your, you know, clear number one receiver. So there's that perspective, I think taking from the depth and then, you know, um, yeah, I think just to me, it's not enough. It's not enough to make me think that that's something that they needed to do in this situation when they still have 10 games to play. That's, that's plenty. That's plenty of time for Donovan Peoples Jones to, to contribute more value than what a 2025 sixth is going to provide. So I tend to agree with you. I I also think it, you know, it, I, I don't, because it's such a small trade, it almost feels a little bit too small to get too worked up over, but it definitely, I I think is strange to think of the Browns who lead the league in cash spending on their roster, being a net seller at the trade deadline. That strikes me as odd. So then it becomes like, Okay,
1: if Deshaun Watson was healthy, the production would be better, right? The Tennessee game is when Donovan had his most productive work, right? Not that if you look at last year, his by far his best stretch of his career was with Jacoby Brissett, and then when when the passing game sort of fell off, hit some moments of some peaks, but a lot of valleys when Deshaun returned, you know, he he sort of fell off toward the end of the year. But in this early portion of the year, he at least had a role, and he at least was getting some opportunity when Deshaun was playing. So the quarterback stuff falls off with the backups right. i guess what i'm getting at is are is there some messaging here about the future of deshaun how they feel about the injury stuff and is it like if he was healthy they would have been more active like okay so for example you and i talked yesterday about uh, if if the quarterback play was just this much better and he was healthy they'd probably be 6 and 1 a real chance to be 6 and 1 so like the question here is if donovan i'm sorry if if deshaun was healthy and 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 being average right would they have felt more inclined to chase some of these people at the deadline as opposed to being like well we can move off Donovan because of whatever reason I I guess I'm asking is there a shift of frame of mind here where yeah they're four and three and we think they should be maybe being aggressive about some things but they might not feel like they're a very good four and three so they decided to temper themselves and, and reel back a little bit instead of pushing maybe some of that rollover cap yeah. that they're sitting on all in.
2: I, I think that's totally plausible. I, I think given the uh, injuries uncertainty to the starting quarterback um, being at four and three with, you know, uh, you know, the the schedule that they have left their schedule gets easier, obviously, but um, there's still plenty of tough games on that schedule. And you look at what the rest of the division is doing, uh, you know, maybe maybe they have made the internal calculation that the playoffs are, unlikely for them this season and if the playoffs are unlikely adding another piece doesn't make sense because you do that with the idea of trying to win a trophy right and so if if you're not if you if you feel like right now you're the eighth or ninth best team in the afc then it doesn't make a ton of sense to to throw those extra chips in the ring i i understand that viewpoint i think it's also uh we need to just acknowledge the human side of this which is browns fans have been told uh for what four out of the last five years that this is their year And it keeps not being their year. And some of the stuff isn't in their control, right? Whether it's the Baker Mayfield shoulder or uh, Deshaun Watson shoulder or Freddie Kitchens being one of the worst head coaches of all time. But going all the way back to the beginning of the 2019 season, we have been told this is it. This is the year. And we just keep watching other teams get to have those years, right? The the Bengals are now a perennial Super Bowl contender. And when this run of this is our year started for the Browns, they weren't even – they were – they had just drafted, you know, Joe Burrow, so I think it's really uh, just disappointing. I think it's disappointing and and hard to stomach that you keep spending every offseason building up hype and being subjected to a certain level of propaganda. I think from the from the team itself, right, uh, in terms of this is the best roster we've ever assembled, and we're you know we're we're not not building the Browns anymore, and and all of the things that they say. That they've embraced a sort of level of expectation, and it keeps not being that the year to have those expectations by midseason. That is, after a while, I think it just grinds people down to be perfectly And the guys get older. You. The core is getting exactly. older and
1: older and yeah. older, and you're waiting for these years to do it. So that begets the question, Andrew, of Jacoby Brissett, the only real quarterback sitting out there. Now, these are rumors. Maybe the sixth round pick thing wasn't real, that that's what the Browns offered, and they wanted more. But if you're talking about Chase Young going for a third and you're talking about Montez Sweat going for a second, now the second I think feels probably like a win for uh, Washington considering that Chicago also has to pay him. But the Chase Young for a third tells me there's no way these guys were demanding some out-of-control uh, pick for Jacoby Brissett. Right. So right. even like, okay, if you want to say that even if they say we want a fifth, mm-hmm. like I guess how high were you willing to go? Because I do think that it's it's not – it's it's not unthinkable for Jacoby Brissett to come back here and not play well. It's certainly an outcome, right? Jacoby Brissett is not that good that you can guarantee he comes back and plays well. But I have a really hard time believing that he comes back here and doesn't play better than what we are currently seeing. So I think that, like, the frustration people have is now the Browns are leaving themselves very vulnerable with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, P.J. Walker... Two guys who clearly can't keep the football in the possession of their own offense. Now, we'll see. I think we're being, a, and by we, I mean me. I'm not speaking for anybody else. Maybe a little harsh on Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Maybe he gets a chance to start with full preparation, a more actively cautious game plan, right? more screen-driven, more deception-driven than what we saw against uh, Baltimore. I don't want to write him off yet, but... PJ Walker's a leader in the clubhouse to continue doing the status quo and you're four and three and you've played the hardest schedule in the NFL and you're four and three, Andrew, and you have the 19th hardest stretch the rest of the way. You know, either they're hiding how good they feel about Deshaun Watson here, or they have left themselves extremely vulnerable to having quarterbacks drag them down from winnable games. I mean, and that part of it from the fan perspective is easy to understand the frustration I think that I'm not asking you a question I'm more asking you to kind of just respond to it Mm -hmm. but it is um boy is it it's tricky it's hard and I think that that's a part where I have a hard time believing Washington was demanding more than what they're asking and I guess the question is would you have paid up into the five area for that
2: yeah I, I mean looking at next year you know 2024 draft picks they they uh they have their second they have their third I think either of those would have been way too much unless you're doing the sort of pick swap thing like they did with Elijah Moore. Would I have done the Browns second for the commander's third and you drop into the early third round? Yeah, I think I would have entertained even that, right? Because you're dropping probably 20 spots or whatever, right? That From a a value perspective, it doesn't end up being that much. Um, They have no fourth round pick because they sent that to Houston as part of the Deshaun Watson deal, which uh, you may have heard of. They have five uh, three fifth round picks. They have one from the Mayfield trade, one from the Dobbs trade, plus their own. So to me, can you, can you give them the Cardinals fifth? That's going to be almost a fourth rounder, right? Because the Cardinals are on track to have the first overall pick. That feels to me like plenty for Jacoby Brissett. I would have done that because here's the thing. I, 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 firmly believe that they don't have a good handle on where Deshaun Watson is at with his shoulder. Right. I, I think there's no way, based on what they've done, that they could have clarity. You know, with with after what happened in Indianapolis and he hasn't practiced since then. I don't think they have any feel for where he's at. So even if he comes back, the concern is that he's not right. And so to your point exactly, Jake, the 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 issue becomes if he's not back or if he comes back and he's not himself against Baltimore, and now you need to start a quarterback against Pittsburgh, the Browns now are in a situation where their choices are P.J. Walker or Dorian Thompson Robinson against the Steelers. That's just not – that is an unenviable position for a team that, you know, would be at that point, what, probably five and four? Is 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 their likely record going into that Steelers game? Um, and it's just – it's a tough spot. Now, like we just talked about a minute ago, Maybe the Browns got to the point where they said if Watson isn't back and healthy, then we don't have a chance and we don't even want to worry about that. So we'll just, you know, we'll we'll either f- fail with the quarterbacks that aren't Deshaun Watson or Watson gets healthy and we'll succeed. Maybe they felt comfortable saying that, but it feels like a weird way. Similar we've seen that
1: the, we've seen, Andrew, other teams navigate these backup quarterbacks exactly with real guys. So I don't think you can just do the thing where you shrug your shoulders and say, eh, you lose your quarterback, you're done anyway. So why even continue to worry about it? Like that is such a losing mentality that I really just cannot get aligned with. I, and I, I see it sort of floating out there everywhere. And it's like, you know, and I get it here. Like the Browns are what, two and one with Walker and, you know they uh, the 2 and 2 overall so it's not horrible here but we also know that some luck has worked in their favor on this it's not like the quarterback play has been stellar so right. you know i'm just kind of at the point where i'm not crushing them because we don't know washington might have been very stern on this who knows but i do know that they have left themselves as a front office very vulnerable to heavy heavy criticism here and things that you can't stand up for them on uh, right, you know, so yeah. That's all I have is really yeah, the, yeah, it, they, have, they they're vulnerable, Andrew.
2: It it opens the door to a, a lost season. And and now like you said, Jacoby Brissett's no guarantee against that, but it is it is certainly a better option. I mean, like I we talked about yesterday, I wrote a column about this. It's a it's about the turnovers, right? And if Dorian Thompson Robinson can't stop doing what he was doing against Baltimore, throwing the ball directly to the other team. We know what P.J. Walker's doing turnover-wise. Even Deshaun Watson in his compromised state might not be able to really totally direct where the ball is going. So they might not be able to play a quarterback the rest of the season that can avoid turning it over two or three times a game. And that, in and of itself, will torpedo their season. It's really as simple as that. I think they owe it to the fans, to the roster they've assembled, to try and put a player on the roster that doesn't put them in that position. And I I think it's an open question whether or not they have one of those right now. I'm leaning towards no, because of what we've seen from those players so far this season.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So are there any moves out there that you would have been into, the moves that were made? Would you have been into giving a third for Chase Young? I think a lot of people thought that price was low would you have been chasing another wide receiver i know that not much wide receiver movement happened other than the browns right but yeah um you know that speaks to how people how much people covet wide receiver play in the nfl but is like from the moves that were made is there one you would have been in on and is there something you would have really pushed for here outside of Brissett andrew to make some sort of move that even had, had taken away one of your you know, the Browns assets aren't, aren't rich here in the draft yeah. for another season, but yeah. is there somebody you were really hoping kind of the back of your mind that they could figure
2: out a way to, to make a move for that felt realistic? I think the chase young thing is intriguing, but I also think that I, I I've really come around to, to the way that they've kind of built it this year where they've got depth, you know, and it, it's going to be really hard to build as much depth if you're paying two top 10 pass rushers. Right. So if they so the, the only way that it works then is that they if they trade for young and then don't re-sign him which I don't I don't love giving up a third to to have a guy walk in free agency. So um yeah, no, I I think there there's not it's not it's definitely not the thing where I'm watching what happened and saying, "Oh, the Browns should have done that." It's it's more that um it's just surprising to see them in the situation again of of, you know, being in a in a, a position to net subtract talent from their roster. Uh, at the trade deadline. It just wasn't what I was expecting coming into today. I thought they probably would, would stand pat, which I think you can defend. But And again, trading Donovan Peoples-Jones is not like a earth-shattering move, but it is reducing the talent on the roster, which has caught me off guard. So that's the
1: question here, is the messaging as we close, is the messaging that they don't believe they have enough to get it done? Is the, is the messaging, we sold somebody, And this is something you guys shouldn't care about because he's not going to be here next year. Or does the messaging from the move today and the lack of movement on the other side of acquiring a player, Andrew, tell the fan base that we just didn't think we were there enough to push all of the chips in to chase this? That's the question.
2: Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. I I think, you know, I, I would guess that if you asked Andrew Barry, he would tell you that you know it's never like that and it's more about just the value that they thought they could get i suppose it's worth you know I'm, I'm i've been banging on and on about them not adding talent they did tweak the practice squad today it's worth mentioning that too, jake while we're talking about this they added uh jaron christian the, the uh, veteran tackle out of louisville um it's a third round pick of washington in 2018 so they did add a commander's player today um they added Kenyon drake who's a pretty well-known guy out of alabama He's bounced around a bunch was with the Ravens uh, earlier this season and then James Prochet, who has also been with the Ravens a bunch um and I think is uh, is in in line potentially to to compete for that return job so uh, I you know, to take
1: ravens scouting reports here that's yeah
2: yeah a little bit of a connor stallion situation from the browns um <laughs> and and, it's another hardball
1: so be careful
2: and listen yeah. i mean in fairness yeah exactly i in fairness the um You know, one of the things that we've said a bunch is they love their own guys. Well, they, they, these guys are all three additions from outside of the orbit, right? They're all, those are, you know, those are three players that have at times contributed in the league, have played meaningful snaps in the league and are from outside the organization. So they did add a little bit of talent today. I don't want to ignore that, right? Obviously the James Prochet move, I think is, is pretty clearly it's either him or Jalen Darden is probably going to be added to the active roster here pretty quick because now they've got an open spot. So it it's just not the same as the splash that we were maybe hoping for. I think there was there was hope ar- around Browns Twitter, around, you know, around the team from fans that they could kind of add a little bit and try and push further and I think yeah, I I mean I think it's hard not to presume that they feel like their best interest is to try and hold tight and then, you know, reevaluate things this offseason. And I think you know, it following that lead, Jake hits the end of, you know, October, it's about to be the beginning of November. I know that the season's nowhere near over They're four and three. You do start to have thoughts a little bit of like, what is the big picture of this team look like? That, that big picture question is the absolute
1: most fair thing to wonder. We don't have the answer. We can ponder on that. This is not the time and place the next month. Uh, you know, which is only four games, but is going to give us a real window into exactly where they're going with yep. this whole thing, with Watson's status, with who's playing quarterback and how they're playing, and and what it all feels like. It's just saying I know a month sounds like a long time, but it's only four games in the matter of the rest of a season, and I really think it's going to paint the picture is going to paint itself. So we we will see. I'm worried about the messaging. I'm worried about the vibe around all of it. I am happy for Donovan to go home to, to Detroit, to Michigan. I, I wish him nothing but the best. Really enjoyed his time here. Think he, he overachieved, obviously, but for the athlete he is and the time he puts in, I'm not surprised he found success. Consummate professional and pulling for him to find success in Detroit and offense, I think he will find some success in. So um, that's it for the trade deadline. I don't really have anything else to add to it. It was really uh, disappointing in a lot of ways, but sometimes disappointing. Can still be a successful thing when you maybe didn't make a move or two that were potentially going to be thought to to be made. And, you know, these things are very reactionary. And Andrew and I tried to watch kind of how we go about it, because I think there are uh, things that we don't know quite yet. And um, some things that we don't have certainty on offerings and stuff like that. But I think we would all feel uh, safe to say or suffice to say at this time that we're a little let down by the outcome, especially being the only thing you do really is to move off of a player, but we will get to your mailbag questions tomorrow and we will talk through those. We'll spend some time with Jordan Zerm looking around the rest of the NFL uh, as we do until then. I hope you guys uh, find some enjoyment in the uh, trade deadline, some way, shape or form and enjoyed our coverage of it. So thanks for you guys stopping by on this Wednesday morning. Continue to go to the OBR for all your pertinent Browns news. Rate and review the podcast if you can. Um, I, I would, we would love that to help you, you know, help Browns fans find it. Otherwise, again, have a great Wednesday, and go Browns.